This is the New York Stock Exchange, where investors make upwards of a billion trades in a single day. Many of those trades happen in a matter of milliseconds, except not really. Trades on Wall Street actually take days to settle and lots of people to make them happen. Take market makers, for instance. They're the middlemen handling all those trades on Wall Street, and the top five market makers handle nearly 30% of all trades. The truth is these intermediaries help with volatility, but they also create a gap between buyers and sellers in markets. And there are a lot of gaps throughout the financial system. Ever noticed how long some bank transfers take? You think about infrastructure, and I mean large-scale financial infrastructure, globally or nationally or whatever. It is actually a highly siloed infrastructure, generally speaking. So money moves on one set of rails, assets move on a different set of rails, et cetera, et cetera. Banking titans like JP Morgan, Citi, and Goldman Sachs think they have a solution. They want to push the American financial system into the next generation, and they need to borrow a tool from crypto, blockchains, on which they would tokenize various assets. Digital first economy that we're moving towards is really important. As our clients embark on this digital journey, being able to move money 24-7, 365, in a programmable fashion with always on is what we really want to enable our clients. Analysts at Citi actually think tokenization using blockchains could become a $5 trillion industry by 2030. So why do these big banks think blockchain technology can turbocharge the financial system, and can they actually pull it off? Let's be clear, tokenizing isn't exactly new. Well, we've been tokenizing assets in the financial markets for literally hundreds of years. When you think about a traditional stock certificate, is nothing more than a token that represents ownership of a piece of a company. This old asset was a bearer asset. If you wanted to transfer it to somebody, you would sign it on the back, hand it to them, and then they were considered to be the owner. Electronic trading and modern payment processors have accelerated the global financial system to move assets much faster. But Wall Street still operates on what's called T plus two, or trade plus two days. That's how long it takes for assets and cash to change hands. You don't have to be an investment banker to feel that lag in our current system. ACH transfers, credit card refunds, all kinds of money that moves through our economy takes time to go from one person to another. Part of the slowness is due to just how many steps and people are involved. On Wall Street, for instance, brokers help set up a transaction and they can charge a commission. Then market makers connect brokers to the assets they're trying to buy or sell. They charge a fee too on the difference, or spread, of the asking price of an asset and what someone is willing to pay. Oh, and huge transactions? We'll need to go through even more steps for security and fraud prevention. Some big banks are hoping tokenization on blockchains can streamline the process of trading assets and maybe make it cheaper. We've always believed that this technology has the ability to really revolutionize and rewrite financial market infrastructure. Whether that infrastructure is to move money, uh, securities, any other kind of asset. So despite the, all the ups and downs of uh, prices and crypto and all that, I think we've been pretty consistent that the technology itself has a lot of power to rethink financial infrastructure. To get how tokenization works, we need to talk a little bit about ownership in the digital era. Right now, it's hard to transfer ownership of real-world items over the web. Sure, you might, say, buy a car through an online marketplace, but the title that proves you own it will come as a piece of paper in the mail a few weeks later. 
In the hopes of bringing ownership online, developers are creating tokens that represent real-world items. The great thing is we can do this with almost any kind of an asset. It could be a traditional stock or bond. It could represent ownership of a building. It could represent ownership of a car. It can represent ownership of virtual property in some game land. Once you have these assets uh, that are tokenized, there's so many different use cases for them. You can put derivatives on them. Um, obviously, you can open it up to the masses, uh, whether you're tokenizing something as simple as maybe real estate, to other use cases out there, even securities as well. The banks backing this technology think it could expedite trading across Wall Street and maybe create new investments altogether. That's why they're putting their money behind it. For example, JP Morgan has Onyx, a blockchain platform it launched in 2020. In the short time since then, it's handled $700 billion in short-term loans through its private blockchain. JP Morgan says it's a killer app for the future of finance. So we have a platform called Onyx Digital Assets, which is, you can almost think of it as a general purpose tokenization platform with money that's provided through our, uh, you know, our, our money solution, which is uh, called JPM Coin. And now because you can tokenize the security and you have the money on the same infrastructure, you can potentially do a transaction for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or, you know, two hours. And Larry Fink, the CEO of investment giant BlackRock, called digital assets innovation in tokenization the next generation for markets. A blockchain is basically a database of all the transactions. We've got plenty of other bits of database technology out there. So what is it makes a blockchain database sometimes preferable? Well, for one thing, you have many copies of the database. That helps keep it secure. Each block is cryptographically signed with a hash function so that any tampering is immediately evident. And you have a consensus mechanism to control how you update that database. Now, this is very useful in situations where a lot of people want access to the same data but they want to make sure it's the right data because other people might, might not necessarily get it right. You basically have this capability of collapsing these siloed infrastructures into one global infrastructure where you can move value, you can move assets, you can move information. And all of a sudden, a lot of the inefficiencies and friction that exist in the regular financial world start to disappear just by virtue of the fact that everything is a token that looks like the other tokens on the same uh, same distributed ledger and the same information is being shared across various large players. And blockchains are meant to be transparent, supposedly cutting down the need for intermediaries that could charge fees or have to do extra due diligence. Proponents say that it could enable peer-to-peer -peer transactions across many parts of the economy. They also say it could allow for brand new forms of ownership, like splitting or fractionalizing, ownership of property through real estate tokens, or tokenized deposits in bank accounts to allow for quick transfers of money between people using peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Depending on how the token is constructed, it might be divisible into smaller pieces, so you can trade a little piece of a house or a car or it could be non-fungible and represent complete ownership of something like a piece of digital art. And not to mention the holy grail, tokenizing stocks. The IMF said in February that tokenizing stocks and bonds could cut trading costs, but requires the money paying for those assets to be tokenized as well, leading to banks making tokenized checking accounts for faster payments. But even with all that promise, how realistic is it that this will actually get implemented? 
So you're definitely seeing a lot more experimentation. What we're seeing as a result is, is a gradual movement forward. This is not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen in three. It's going to take some time, and I think it's going to be, uh, a lot of it's going to be baby steps. If banks and asset managers want to participate in the modernization of financial markets, they'll have to adopt blockchain and tokenization, according to Bernstein. In a report from June 2023, the firm said it sees $5 trillion of real-world financial assets being tokenized on blockchains over the next five years. Attempts to deploy blockchain tech in traditional financial markets have been bumpy. The industry tried to use it for tokenization back in 2015 and 2016, but the hype faded. The financial system is one of the most regulated industries in the world, and making changes is slow going. Multiple agencies, like the SEC and the Treasury, would have to get involved, and big bureaucratic government agencies are slow to change. In the SEC's case, officials there are super skeptical of crypto and blockchain technology after the collapse of crypto businesses in 2022. They just sued Coinbase and Binance, two of the largest crypto exchanges in the world. The agency is also considering alternatives to speeding up Wall Street. It just approved a transition to T plus one, which would settle transactions faster. That new rule would go into effect in 2024. There are obstacles overseas as well. The Australian stock exchange actually gave up on its plan to use blockchain for its infrastructure after a study found its test program needed an overhaul. Regulators there decided it just wasn't worth it. ASX said, hey, we're going to do all our post-trade processing on blockchain and they went through a very large, very expensive process to re-engineer what happens after a trade. If you understand the plumbing of how markets work, it's pretty complicated for how the ownership interest of the buyer gets transferred to the seller and the money gets from the seller to the buyer. There are plenty of people who are keeping separate databases about that transaction. And that's sort of a natural area where blockchain you know, has potential. But even ASX said only 10 or 15% of that particular project was blockchain, but the project was an utter failure. With that in mind, the New York Stock Exchange might be one of the last places to implement this technology. If you're trying to apply blockchain to a very high performing asset class, so I mean, think about equity trading. I mean, equities trading is extremely high volume, very low latency. You know, it's a very efficient market. I'm not really sure that you can replace some of that infrastructure with blockchain and get a gain out of it. Or on the other side, you can think of some really, really complex classes like syndicated loans, which are extremely complex and tons of people have to sign off. Lots of people have to agree that may be too tough to solve with the blockchain. So I, I fully agree. I think blockchain solves a subset of the problems and the rest of the problems either can be solved better through a centralized infrastructure or through some other means or a consortia or something like that. But it is definitely not a cure-all. What will really determine if tokenization on blockchains take off is if people and businesses see a benefit and maybe don't even know they're using blockchain at all. I think adoption of like most technologies and the less friction it is, the less obvious it is to a client, the faster the adoption. So you think of like, Apple and the iPhone to be able to kind of like that one-stop shop and like, you know, being able to, you know, do everything from banking to shopping to commerce to having it. It's like, it's frictionless. So for our clients, like, they're not going to want to know that they're using a blockchain or that they, they want to know that they can have always on 24-7, 365 programmable money. 